This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. Football Friday, October 27, 2023. Brought to us by Bet Rivers. Get your Bet Rivers app. Make your bets this weekend. A little later in the show, we'll have our selections for the weekend of football. Uh, and so the question I ask you before we get into Football Friday is, are you over the Phillies yet? Uh, I'm not. And uh, uh, listen, we'll have more to say uh, later in this pod, the little post-mortem that I will give for the fight in Phils. In fact, let me do this. Let me Let me wear the... Mike Miss Podcast Red, because this will probably be the last time that I wear red, uh, and I'm pretty sure I won't be wearing a Sixers hat this season, but we'll get to that in a second. So let's uh, let, let's proceed with the podcast with the Eagles and the Washington Commanders this weekend. Um, listen, this is a game that the Eagles, I don't think, should have a problem with. I think Washington had their one shot at the Birds, and uh, they're not going to uh, come through in this game. I think Sam Howell now is just, he's been a turnover machine. His interceptions left and right. Uh, so let's just look at some facts and figures here for your Philadelphia Eagles as they uh, played a great game last week. All right. So uh, uh, is this a look ahead game? The only thing I'm worried about is that they're going into this really tough schedule now. And this is a game before that really tough schedule. So I hope it's not a letdown after they punish Miami and they're looking ahead to all these other games. The only thing they could trap them, but they are a seven-point favorite in this game. Uh, the Eagles are averaging 26.6 points per game, uh, which is pretty damn good. And they're third in the league in uh, yards per game. Washington um, allows 27.1 points per game. That's 29th in the league. So you put those two metrics together, you have pretty much uh, a mismatch. They're also 15, uh, 15th in the league in, in third downs. Uh, against so um the eagles i think will uh will kind of move the football against this team now the eagles only allow 20 points per game they held miami to 10 points last week really the final score 17 they got a defensive touchdown there uh so uh and they held miami 4 to 11 on third downs and that was tua uh and, and that was tyreek hill so uh listen i know that washington has given problems in the past with terry mclaughlin but uh, I don't think it's going to happen this week. Washington scored seven points last week. They were one for 15 on third downs last week versus the stink stank giants. Hertz had a 110 rating the last time he played Washington, even though that game went to overtime and they had a scramble to, to win that game. 175 yards to AJ in that game with two scores. Here's the thing that bothers me a little bit. And it's the turnover ratio with uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, in addition to the fact that he's hobbled. Okay, so you, got, you have to factor this in. 
He's got a banged up knee. He's going to play through. It's not going to stop him from playing. But I think we all have seen that that knee, which was probably injured a couple games ago, is a little sore, and it's made him slower and made him a little more tentative when he gets out of the pocket. Now, he's been great wriggling out of the pocket, but he doesn't look like he has the same zip as he's coming out of the pocket, and that's probably because of that knee. So I don't know uh, how they will uh, game plan accordingly with this. With uh, I, I think you got to have fewer design runs for Jalen Hurts, and he's always going to have to scramble out of there and make yardage. Uh, last uh, season, last season, all last season, he only had 12 turnovers uh, um, with, with, uh, with this metric called worthy plays, lowest in the league. Um, he is averaging 3.01 seconds to get the ball out. It's the fifth slowest in the NFL. So there's a little worry about the quarterback, but probably not in this game. Here is a stat of interest. You know, people, I, it's amazing to me that people chart all these metrical stats. There is um, there's a stat called turnover-worthy plays. And that, that is a play when, when a team's quarterback puts the ball in harm's way. That's either by a pass or by a, a fumble where he's running, he's not protecting the ball. They, they actually chart these kind of plays called turnover-worthy plays. He is fourth in the NFL among quarterbacks with turnover-worthy plays. So he is putting the ball in harm's way. And that's not good. And they're going to have to focus on curtailing that. Um, Washington held uh, the Giants to, uh, or no, excuse me, the Eagles last time, a four for 12 on third down conversions. And um, they shut down a running game, if you recall, uh, in that game. Uh, and Sam Howe had a 100 rating against the Eagles. Uh, however, the Eagles last week held Tua the 216 yards and an 87.5 rating. And Tyreek Hill, who had been averaging like close to 18 yards per catch, was held to only eight yards per catch last week. So they found a formula with a secondary that's, you know, kind of fragmented at this point. Let's face it. Um, the Eagles defense has 24 sacks this year. That's tied for third in the league. They're third in quarterback hits. Sam Howell is getting blasted by the NFL uh four sacks last week he is on pace get this he is on pace for 80 sacks this year which would be an NFL record so when I look at this game um I, I don't see much competitiveness I don't think the Eagles will look past Washington I think the fact that Washington took them in the overtime the last time is a cautionary tale for them I think they've got a game plan around Jalen Hurts with this new stat where he puts the ball in harm's way. He's got to stop that. He's got a banged-up knee. I expect that the Eagles have to get their running game going. When they get the running game going, everything can flow off of that because nobody's been able to stop A.J. Brown in this game. All right, let's bring in producer Darren for his analysis of what's going to happen this Sunday. One o'clock game, a regular time for a football game. This is what I call football Sunday when you play a one o'clock game you get up you have a little breakfast you hang around you go to church whatever you do you come back boom TV's on one o'clock game it's a beautiful Sunday Darren your thoughts totally agree love the one o'clocks love to have my feet up having dinner at a, at a decent hour on a Sunday um if Hal gets sacked he's not gonna you can't survive 80 sacks, right? I mean, if you get sacked 80 times in one season, you're, you're probably not making it through uh, 17 games. 
look, you have the, the this is should be it. Look, the only concern is that they look ahead with Dallas next week. Um, but this really should be over. It should be, you know, what do we call it? The cigar halftime piece. We said but the only thing that does concern me, and we talked about Hertz last week, and that's how he's holding on to the ball too long. It doesn't surprise me that he's among the worst in the league at, uh, you know, at the release time. It doesn't surprise me at all. So um, that's this is one of those games where you got the little things that you got to tighten up. You tighten them up. You work on those things that you got to tighten up in a game like this. Because um, with all due respect to the Washington football team, they're they're just not good. They got a couple guys on defense that can play, but just there's no consistency there. Um, the offense, I mean, their offensive line is brutal. And and how can't get he's he's throw, he throws too many picks. He makes bad decisions. Eric Bieniemy's got to be like, what did I do here? Why did I leave Kansas City to come here? So. Wow. Um, yeah, this really this is a game where you tighten up some. Yeah, I, um, I think this is a rock and chair ride, as we say in the in the, in the uh, gambling business uh, for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I, I think it'll be it. It won't be you won't be on edge if you're a fan in this game. OK, that's what I'll, I'll, I'll say. OK, so Eagles, Washington, one o'clock. We've previewed that. Uh, I'm I'm thinking it's a cover, uh, although, you know, I hate I hate betting the Eagles games because it gives me a, an extra. Uh, emotional uh, uh, upheaval. Uh, I just like to watch the game and bet other games. Uh, all right, so uh, you're given seven, by the way. You're given the seven. That, what well, the Eagles are? Yeah, seven. seven. I said that already. Oh, yeah, that's okay. all right. That's yeah, all right. You won't pay attention. That's okay. Yeah, I, I, I get I it. All right. Uh, in any event, let's move on now to the Phillies because I'm not over it, and I'm surprised that a lot of people in this town are judging by social media. There are too many people. They have gone Braves fan route. Which is, oh, our boys are great. And we're gonna be... Listen, I know they're good. Okay, I know they're going to be a contender next year. I know they're going to come back with basically the same team with with a couple twists that we'll talk about in a second. But I, I, I do not understand how this loss would be easy to process for people or easier to process. Uh, I'm still stung by it. I still can't believe it. And when I when I know that the Arizona Diamondbacks are playing in the World Series. That's an extra pain. Every time that there's a game, now I won't watch the World Series, but I know that there's a game, right? So anytime the Arizona Diamondbacks are now displayed on national TV in the World Series, it's a kick in my coolunes. I got to be honest with you. Uh, and when we look at the series, and and we look, Dave Dombrowski talked about it yesterday, and he echoed some of the same things that I echoed. He said we lost the series, we lost our mindset when we went to Arizona. And, and that's exactly what triggered it. They, they lost their mindset. Now, people say to me, Mike, I hear you're talking about why they didn't take bat- batting practice is a big deal. Uh, they, they still like t- took swings in the cage. Yeah, I get it. You're going to take swings in the cage. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mindset that, it, that you introduce to your team where you go, okay, we don't need to take batting practice on the field. Let's just go, let's refine our swings in the cage. You have just flown across the country, and it's a new stadium. There's a new atmosphere. The ball comes to you with a new atmosphere when you're playing in that place. So it would be nice to get more of a feel for, for the, for the ambiance of the ballpark and how the ball is coming at you in that kind of environment. Uh, so I don't understand the decision to just hit in the cage. I, I, what, what, what did you have to gain by that? What, were your guys tired because you flew all the way across the country? And that was supposed to preserve the energy. Like, I don't understand it. 
what's the difference? You get swings in the cage, you get swings down the field where there's the atmosphere you have to get used to. So that, and more than that, it introduced a mindset that, well, we, you know, we're good enough. We don't need to actually take BP. And then th- this little idiot backup catcher, who uh, Mr. Overalls, I call him, uh, Mr. Wild Party Sky, who is not going to get in that bat in, in the series, starts talking about wanting to jump in the pool uh, if they clinch. And I'm going, oh, dude, seriously? That, <laughs> like, that's the last thing you should say. All right. So, and Dombrowski talked about it. So, somewhere when we went to Arizona, we lost a little bit of an edge. All right. Now, they lose two games. That puts them back in the series. Once they won game five, and I've said this before, once they won game five, they thought the series was over. All right? They thought the series was over. I, and I'm reading on social media how, how the Diamondbacks outplayed them. The Diamondbacks didn't outplay them. The Phillies outplayed themselves. When they came back for game six, after they won game five, they automatically assumed that this aura of Citizens Bank ballpark would carry them through. And they didn't have to think about plate discipline or having a plan at the plate. And you saw it for two straight days. And Dabrowski said yesterday, once we lost game six, the pressure, those guys were all pressurized in game seven. Well, of course they are. Because now it's like you put yourself against the wall with a ton of pressure. With all these hometown crowds lifting, you're going to lose in front of that crowd. And so what happens when you they got the lead, but then they lost the lead. And what happens from that point on is the pressure builds and you're thinking as a player, oh, my God. Uh, am I going to lose at home? And you completely lose your focus. How else to explain the fact that they swung at pitches way outside the strike zone? They started their swing when a ball is coming out of the guy's hands that looks like a ball out of their hands. But but their, their, their mindset is they've lost their focus, they've lost their plate discipline, and, and that's the, the result of it. You're going to swing at a ball that looks like a ball coming out of his hands. It may look like a strike for a tenth of a second, and you've made up your mind that you're going to swing at that pitch. Those guys are too good to have that kind of a mindset. They're too good at hitters. And then I watched Trey Turner with a man on second base try to bunt the guy to third base, fails to bunt, and then rolls over. He knows they're going to pitch him to the outside part of the plate with breaking stuff. He knows that. So, so he pulls the ball, a ground ball to third base. That's the, if you have a proper offensive mindset and a proper plate discipline, you go, okay, he's throwing me a breaking ball on the outside part of the plate. He's playing it into my hands. All I can do is hit the ball hard to the right side. If I hit the ball to the right side, two things can happen. One, I'm going to hit it hard enough to get it through and score that run. Two, at the, at the very least, I'm going to hit a ground ball to the second baseman, which is, accomplishes the same thing I tried to do when I bunted. And I'm going to move him to third base and one out in scoring position. Those guys are so out of whack, the pressure uh, absolved them. So don't give me that the Arizona Diamondbacks outplayed them and, and the Phillies will be fine and they'll be back next year. I already know they're going to be fine. They're a good team. They have a good lineup. That should not erase the disappointment that that team gave you as a fan by losing their mind in game six and seven and then in game three. That's what lost the series, not the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, give me a break with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had two hitters in their whole lineup. We would say, well, they played their game. Their game wasn't good enough to beat the Phillies anyway. I don't care if they stole 16 bases. They stole eight bases in the last two games. Whoop-de-doo. 
You still shouldn't lose to that team when you have that better, better of an offense. All right. I'm still pissed about it. I am pissed. And we're going to get into what comes next. But, Darren, go ahead. I reminded me, Mike, the more I think about it, I don't know what year it was, it was when the Red Sox finally got off the schneid against the Yankees. It was 3 nothing Yankees. And uh, the Red Sox, they win. like In the bottom of the ninth, they win a game. And then they win the second game. And the Yankees start to get tight. And then they win the third game. And they won four in a row. It was very similar, not quite the, you know, it's a different kind of collapse, but just the, the, the fact that you could see how their tightness got tighter and tighter game to game to game. And uh, that happens in baseball and it happens. And it's just so disappointing. Like, I, I know, look, I get it. I know the pressure was on, <clears throat> you know, there's a billion dollars in payroll. You should not change your approach at the the approach that you were successful with for X amount of all the, you know, 10 postseason games plus, you know, majority of 162 regular game season. They changed it up. They got nervous. They got tight. And, uh, you know, that's, that's it. That's what happened. I want to, I want to be clear on this for the, for the Philly fans out there that keep going down this road with me. The Arizona Diamondbacks, Look, you just brought up the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's the Yankees and the freaking Red Sox. Two premier teams, two premier franchises. Don't bring up the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks played their game and they outplayed the Phillies. It's horse crap. The Arizona Diamondbacks were not worthy to win that series. They weren't. They were an 84-win team with a negative run differential with pitching that's not supposed to beat you. And, in fact, their two aces didn't beat you. And you're going to sit here and tell me, oh, the Phillies had a great season and the Diamondbacks, it was just that the Diamondbacks outplayed them. This was an inferior opponent that beat the Phillies in seven games, the last two at home. Now, if that doesn't sting you, make you disgusted, then I don't know if you're a real fan. If we have morphed into a town where we're going to take that loss uh, like nothing, that I don't know what's happened to this fan base. And my point is, listen, you could still be a Phillies fan, and, and, and you could, you're going to come back and support the team. I get it, and they're still going to be good. But after a couple of days, this loss is worn off, you should carry this hair shirt for at least a week. You should be moping around, not wearing a Phillies hat for a week. That's what a real fan does with disappointment, it, the relative disappointment. Like I say, if you lose to a better team, I'm unaffected. I was unaffected when, when, when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. Uh, I was unaffected when they lost to the Houston Astros last year because the Astros' bullpen was, like, abnormal, all right? I, I, I'm a realist when it comes to who you lose to. But when you lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks, nah, homie doesn't play that softness gene, all right? So that's all I have to say about that. Now, Let's move on about what you do with this team, because here are the issues. There are two major issues here. One is what do you do with Aaron Nola. He's a free agent. And the other is what you do with Reese Hoskins. And let me start with Hoskins first. Um, Hoskins deserves to come back on a make-good contract, uh, a one-year deal to put another right-handed power bat in, and they missed that, okay? But here's the thing that's bothering me. They're putting it in the lap of Bryce Harper. Well, that, that is so unfair. 
just think about it. If you're going to make a decision, make a decision. You don't bring Harper in on it. If you bring Harper in, you go, okay, where would you be more comfortable playing? He's going to tell you that he's more comfortable playing first base. Now, do you want a guy to say that and, and take Reese Hoskins completely out of the mix? Think about the pressure you're putting under Bryce Harper. If he says, I want to play first base, that's the end of Reese Hoskins in Philadelphia. Now, as a player, you've already praised Reese Hoskins as the heart of this team. Now, you're going to put him in a decision where he X's Reese Hoskins out of the equation? You shouldn't have. He, and then, if you put, he's going to say, if he, if he has deference to Reese Hoskins, he's going to say, uh, yeah, I'd rather play right field. And maybe he doesn't want to play right field. You should not include him in the mix or ask him his opinion on, on, on where he wants to play. End of story. It's really bothering me. And I can't believe the Phillies can't see this. They don't have the foresight to see with an uncomfortable position they would put him in for this. Yeah, I just don't know what you do with Hoskins, though. Because, you, you, you know, if you sign him, what is he, a bench player? You're going to teach him, no. teach him how to play left field? or you put play- He starts at first base. Okay. It's simple. He plays first base. Harper plays right field. You move Castellanos to left field. It's as simple as day. There you go. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I wasn't sure. What are you doing, Hoskins? You play him at first base. I get that. I just, I don't know that he, I don't know that they have that plan for him. I got to see that. What do you mean they don't have that play? There's no other position he can play. I know. He's got to be, Schwerber's got to be their DH. They signed sure Hoskins they to a, I'm to asking him to first sign though. a one-year deal. Make good. He's in a position now where he has to recreate his value. So a one-year deal to stay with the Phillies, and you got a year to play I'm with. Absolutely fine You play with him that. at first base, you play Harper in right field, and you play Castellanos in left field. I'm fine with that. I just think that the Phillies playing on Harper playing first base and not going back to right. And that's the okay, issue. Well then, okay, well, well, guess what then? Then you're diluting your team. They missed the right-handed power back yeah, in that lineup. They did. Okay? Uh, all right. So, uh, and, and, and here's this notion that I read today that, uh, well, Castellanos is uh, more comfortable in right than left field. Uh, what are you kidding me? Well, that's got to be a fact. Who gives a damn where he's trained? You can train a chimp to play left field. Look at all the people in baseball that play left field. My God, you get you, you put up with Schwarber for an entire year for crying out loud. Nick Castellanos is going to be incapable of playing left field. It's the easiest field to play. It's much easier to right field than center field. All right, now let me get to center field. Johan Rojas needs a year in AAA. And Marsh has to be the everyday center fielder. It's as plain as day. I, I, I was so, and you know from hearing me, I go, they're overvaluing this Rojas thing. They're enamored with this Rojas thing because he can run down a fly ball. He cannot hit at a major league level right now. Yeah, I completely he just agree. Can't. He was overmatched. He was little league-esque when he got to the plate. It was an automatic out. You can't put him in the mix for next year. He needs an entire season at AAA to learn how to hit. And to, to leap him up from that minor league leap to the big leagues was probably unfair to the kid. 
So I'm comfortable with Marsh as an everyday center fielder. I'm comfortable with Castellanos playing left. I'm comfortable with Hoskins with one year playing first base. And I'm comfortable with Bryce Harper moving back to right field. Yeah. I, and if that doesn't work, you got a year to figure it out. I've never seen a pro player completely guess at pitches every game for 10 straight games. <laughs> Just threw a bat out and completely guessed. He cannot hit at the pro level. Not yet. All right. Now, one thing on Nola. Nola is probably going to get offered a six-year contract around the league. The comp is Carlos Rodon got six years at 27 mil a year from the New York Yankees. Carlos Rodon is not the quality of pitcher of Aaron Nola. So here's the thing you got to factor in. The Players Association is involved in this, okay? The agent has pressure to get the same contract or better for his client than Carlos Rodon got. That standard's already been set. And if you take anything less, you get in trouble with the Players Association because you devalue a pitcher who's got better value. So there's pressures that come from the Players Association. Now, Aaron Nola may say to his agent, listen, I want to stay here. I'll take five years. In which case, the Phillies should sign him. I don't think the Phillies are going to six years. So it's a matter of Aaron Nola turning down a six-year contract from somebody else, and his agent could say, well, listen, I, I pressed for six. My client wanted to stay here and took five, and that's the out for him. I don't know what's going to happen. They're not going to six years. Somebody desperate for pitching who's a semi-contender is going to give him six years at more money than Carlos Rodon got. Well, what, He's going to get $30 million years, a year in a six-year contract. Six years, 27? What do you get a year, Rodan? Six year, twenty seven per. All right, six year <clears throat> times twenty seven. Right, we're gonna do. Let's do a total of one hundred and sixty two million. Okay, so if you do, let's see what twenty nine. If a four year deal, that's a, that's fifty million left. May I mean, hold on. So if you do twenty nine million at five years, you're at one hundred and forty five million, and that's about fifteen million cheaper. That's still a lot. That's a lot of money for Nolan, man. But it's five years. Yeah, they say they'd like to sign him. Yeah. I think Dombrowski saying I'd like to sign him means we like to sign him, but we're not going to go to six years because he then said, if we lose him and we don't want to lose him, we'll replace him with a trade or a free agent. That's what he said. Now, is there a free agent on the market that is, is going to slot in as the, that good of a pitcher in your one and two? There is one guy. It's Blake Snell. Guess what? Blake Snell and get, is, going, is not going to get less money than Aaron Nolan. Yeah. All right. So forget about that free agent plan. You would have to sign somebody akin to a Taiwan Walker in free agency. And that's not good enough for your two slot. All right. What, so, what, so, what about so Painter? Some questions to answer. Are you factoring Painter into that conversation at all? Or are you going to wait and see with him? Painter can't pitch next year. Oh, that's right. He's surgery. Done. I forgot he's he had done for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick Abel is not I ready. He had the and they don't have anybody ready yeah. to slot okay, in. My bad. Uh, all right. Uh, that's the Phillies and the Eagles at the top of the Mike Missinelli podcast for today. Let's go into Mike Unleashed because we have the ridiculous and the sublime or the serious and the absurd. Let's go with serious first. And we'll talk about the Sixers who gave it a shot last night, but they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in the end because the Bucks are better and they have guys that can make clutch shots. Um, I don't think the Sixers have enough talent to contend. I'll say that right away. 
the Harden situation, I don't. It, it's probably not going to end up where Harden's going to play for the Sixers. Uh, but that's the big issue now on what happened with Harden and why he didn't travel to Milwaukee. And, and I want to make this clear because there are a lot of people out there that say, "Oh, it's good that the that the Sixers are going to have him ramp up." You know, this concept of ramping up is now getting absurd. All right, the players when they show up for training camp have to ramp up. Yes, how do they ramp up? They play in preseason games right away. Harden had enough time with the Sixers in training camp, even though he did go away for several days. He had enough cardio and he had enough playing with the Sixers where he doesn't need to ramp up. The ramp up theory that the Sixers are putting up there is a ruse. It's a ruse because it buys them more time to make a deal. Now they say he has to ramp up. We'd like to give him. 10 days. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, right? Like He wanted to go to Milwaukee. He thought he was well enough to go to Milwaukee. Try to get on the plane. They say go home. Why they say go home? Because they don't want him to play and possibly get hurt. they got to put him in bubble wrap now in case they can c- c- conduct this trade. So they send him home. they got 10 days to buy. Now I guarantee at the end of t- 10 days, what's going to happen? They're going to say, you know why? He needs more time to ramp up. Right. And it gives him more time to consummate the trade. It is absolutely ridiculous that he would, if he really, if the Sixers really wanted him on the team to limit his minutes in a pro game, what was that supposed to do? Kill him? Was it, if he played 15 to 20 minutes in that game, is that not akin to ramping up? I, I don't understand the, 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 how, how fans can get duped with these tricks that organizations play on. I, I'm so sick of this situation, Mike. I'm so sick of his name. I mean, it's van, it's quickly approaching Ben Simmons where I can't hear his name anymore. It's just I don't want to hear his name. I don't want to see his beard anymore. I'm so just addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. Give him away. Um, all right. One other thing. Uh, there's a lot of optimism. People are, uh, I, listen, I understand fans want to be optimistic. They love their team, right? I, I look at, at the reality of it. I would like the Sixers to win too. But I can't con myself into thinking they're a contender. They don't have enough frontline players to be a contender, notwithstanding what they did last night with Kelly Oubre going off for 27 points. All right, I get it. He, he's, he's not a bad shooter. He can't play you defensively. And that's fine. He, he He's going to give them a little bit of offense. But you mean to tell me when you look at that team, what did they get out of Tobias Harris last night? He's supposed to be a key player for them. He was like invisible. All right. Now, Maxie at 31. Nice effort by Maxie. But they don't have enough with Maxie and Embiid and another scorer like Oubre. And who else? Who else is going to help them score? You know, DeAnthony Melton had a nice game last night. He's not a consistent scorer. Who was the first guy they brought off the bench last night? Danny Green. I mean, I mean, seriously, folks. I I, I, I get what, that you I like the ball movement with Nick Nurse. Ball. I'm going to say this one time. Ball movement, my ass. Okay, ball movement is not going to win anything. Ball movement is not going to make you one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference when you have to go against Milwaukee and Boston. All right? So let's get it it straight. This is a gap year for the Sixers. And you're going to have to sit there and like it. Because this Harden thing, A, he's not going to really play. B, you're not going to be able to get anything of substantial uh, uh, acumen to replace him. 
for you to be a contender. And it's sad for me to say that, but I look at the reality of it. I look at the Phillies. Yeah, they're going to be a contender next year. I look at the Eagles. Yeah, they're going to be a contender next year. I look at the Flyers, and we went to the Flyers game last night. Yeah, whatever. And I can tell you that the Sixers are not in the same ilk. And I don't care if Nick Nurse or, or Nurse Betty is your coach. All right? Flyers look good last night, though, man. They really did. They were buzzing. Buzzing last night. My brother my, bro- my brother came down with What's the guy he loved? Uh, Brink? Bobby Brink? Bobby Brink. Two, two goals, goals last, last night. night. Nice, nice work for Bobby Brink and go. nice work for the Flyers. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. That's the uh, top of the podcast for today. Let's get into Mike Unleash, which we uh, haven't done for a couple of uh, weeks because of the Phillies. We were dominated by, by Phillies' attention. And again, uh, Mike Unleashed, uh, serious and absurd. I already gave you the serious to the Sixers. Here's the absurd, because this is going around the, uh, social media. And I want to really dig into this because it, it was a list of, of where you don't take someone on a first date. Um, and so let me let me go over this because I agree with some of it and I don't agree with some of it. All right. First date list of places women absolutely refuse to go on a first date. And uh, and in my view, uh, I I wouldn't take a woman on a first date. And there are 20. Let me see. There are 28 listed. So let's go over it one by one. And I hope this doesn't take too long. We'll do it quickly, Darren, because I want your input. Uh, Cheesecake Factory. Uh, are you sitting at the bar or at a table? It's a hard no. Yeah, me. no, it's okay. no. I would con- hard, hard no. App Apple. No, ever, never. Hard no. Where? Chili's. Phillies game. Chili's. Uh, oh, Chili's. No, I don't go to those places. Chipotle. No. Olive Garden. No, God, no. The movies. Uh, yeah, no, not on the first day. First day, you kind of want to talk a little bit, get the nut. It's not a bad idea. It's, it's I don't have a problem with the movies. I don't have really a because problem, sometimes kind of talking, talk sometimes being in somebody's presence is just as good as talking because talking comes becomes forced. You can talk before or after the movie, and you just sit there with each other, and enjoy each other's space. I don't think movies is bad, so I would disagree with that. <clears throat> Your house first date? No, that's odd. Okay, I agree. Uh, any fast food chain? Absolutely no. not. Never know. Buffalo Wild Wings? No. For any reason. Uh, <laughs> the, the only exception to that would be if the woman is a crazy sports fan and she's wearing an Eagles jersey. Now, personally, I wouldn't date I'm not going either. on a date with a girl in an Eagles jersey, especially first. <laughs> okay, <time>. Wingstop. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All right, Red Lobster. No. A buffet. No. <laughs> First of all, if the girl says, let's go to the buffet. You know, it's funny. There's so many people that disagree with this list. I'm going, how could you agree? These are no brainers. All right. IHOP. No. Denny's. Come on, man. Are you you serious with these places? Never. The the gym. The the gym. I did meet Marie in the gym, by the way. Uh, Yeah, but you didn't take her there. No, I didn't take her there. Okay, uh, no. yeah, it's somewhere you can meet somebody. It's not somewhere where you take for a yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, let's go work out together. <laughs> but you know, I can see you sweat. No, church. No, ah. 
too volatile. Well, it depends on what you are. If you're if you're a very Christian man uh, and it's a very Christian woman, that's not a bad thing. Be honest uh, with you. But, but to but to know that and to do that, you would have to do something that I uh, you don't broach. You don't breach um, religion and politics. You just don't talk on a first date or before a first date. Uh, I don't think that's a bad idea. Is. Certain exceptions would allow for that. Let's go Starbucks. Um, I'm not fine with that. You can talk. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that either. Now, it's not date-esque, but it's no. like get to know a date. I would rather like, like a regular a like coffee neighborhood dates, coffee shop. Uh, Starbucks or coffee dates, I'm okay with. Ice cream dates. Let's go for ice cream. That's not bad. No, that's not, not bad, bad either. Very similar yeah, to it's, 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 you know, a little less formal, but not yeah. bad. Yep. Family functions. No, don't do that to someone. What if, yeah. Don't do uh, that. Movie night with either Netflix or Hulu, et cetera, et cetera. No, you're not, I'm not bringing her to my house, and I'm not going over to her house on a first date. Uh, somewhere that requires a long drive with a shovel and a bag of lie in a, ba- in a trunk. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I will say this because if it's, it doesn't work out. Woman is outdoorsy back. and you're outdoorsy. The drive to a hike or a bike mountain bike is, is okay. All right. Uh, let's go now with bowling. Uh, I don't bowl. I don't get bowling. I don't have any, I don't have any opposed to bowlers. <laughs> no. But no. Bowling is not okay. a bad first date. It happens to be on this list. And uh, see, I have, I have like five now. That, uh, uh, nightclub. Uh, first date? You can't really hear each other. Only if you like okay. to dance. Fair enough. A hookah bar. Not for any reason What uh, will I ever be in a hookah bar. Uh, well, not you, but I'm just talking about first date. I, I, I guess. I'm not even sure on what they are, to be honest with you. But go ahead. All right. A bar for just drinks. Yes. There's nothing wrong with sitting in a bar, having a couple of drinks, and talking. Okay. Waffle House. No. <laughs> and finally, a sporting event. Um, it, a sporting event's like going to a Phillies game is a good, probably a good idea. It's not a bad idea. Um. You, if you're a rabid fan, though, you got to dial it back. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be, like, mm-hmm. yelling fragile at Acuna for mm-hmm. nine innings on a, on a first date, right? Yeah. All right, so to take inventory of this, uh, I've given the okay to movies. Right. To a church. Uh, to a, a coffee date. To bowling. Bowling. To a bar for just drinks and to a sporting event. So that's six out of the 28. Now, while I'm out of here, let me tell uh, my favorite date story. It has nothing to do with me, but it has this actually happened to a friend of mine who just started to. uh, uh, I don't know if it was their first date. It might have been their first date, uh, but that's irrelevant to this story. Um, And this is a guy that I worked with. And he was telling me the story of this. This is the first time he she invited him over her house to, to watch television. Uh, and so they were watching television on, on the sofa together. And she says to him, uh, would you like to meet my dog? And he says, oh, can't, you have a dog? Of course. He goes, I love dogs. She goes into a, a, a back room and she brings oh, out. You, yeah, I've heard this story. Go ahead. 
<laughs> she brings out a a collie that had been taxidermed. Yeah. <laughs> she brings out her pet collie. It used to be her pet that she had <sighs> taxidermed. <laughs> And, and and placed and placed the collie <laughs> alongside the sofa oh. where they were sitting, oh. and she proceeded as they were watching television to pet the oh. collie. <laughs> and so he told me this story the next day on the telephone, and he said, "What do you think of this?" And I go, Don't he goes, "What would you do?" He goes, "What would you do?" And I went, "Get out!" <laughs> All right. Oh, that is Mike Unleashed for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It is time now for the picks of the week. Oh, boy. Picks of the week. It's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, I've been really good for three weeks last week. I was brutal. All right. Let's go. I got got three that I'm looking at one college and two pro. Uh, So let's start with with this one here. Um, I'm going to go obscure. Now, I like a couple of games. Like, for instance, I think the Wisconsin-Ohio State game has a very short line. Wisconsin is uh, only getting 14 and a half against Ohio State in, in a come-down week for the Buckeyes. Uh, so I would look at that. I would also look at Arizona <clears throat> getting three and a half against a much better Oregon State team. Uh, but my play in college for the week is going to be the Tulane Green Wave. An under-the-radar decent team, minus 10.5 at always potent Rice. Right. I'm taking Tulane, given the 10.5 over Rice. Don't laugh, because money is not to be laughed at. All right, let's move on to the NFL. <laughs> At uh, the Saints, interestingly enough, I was looking at that game. Uh, are uh, I half a point favorite over the Colts? I like the Saints to win this game. All right, I'll take the point here. That's telling me a little something that at the Colts, the Saints are getting a half a point. It's a slim line, but still, I see one. I like but yeah, one half. Right, one now. Okay, and then I'm going to take the Vikings minus a point and a half. At the Packers, Vikings are a better team than the Packers. I'll take the minus one and a half. They're favored going into Lambeau, which I think is is very telling. So they're my three plays: Tulane minus ten and a half at Rice, the Saints plus a point at the Colts, the Vikings minus a point and a half at the Packers. Your selection. Um, I'm going with three NFL games again. Um, the Giants surprised me. And a lot of people, I think, in winning that game last week against, I think they played the Commanders. Uh, I think the Jets are going to cover that three. I think their defense is good enough to smother the Giants' offense. And I think that, that I mean, it's not going to be a pretty game. It might be like a 13-3 game. But I like the Jets, minus three. I think Detroit bounces back strong. Um, they just got embarrassed. I mean, Boat raced by the Ravens last week. An absolutely embarrassing game for them. Um, I think they, they're given eight and a half on Monday night to the lowly Raiders. 
I think that's a double-digit win for the Detroit Lions. They're giving eight and a half. And I also, like you, I like the Saints. I'll say minus one for me because I see one. Um, the, you know, the Colts are a decent team. They play, they play pretty well for Steichen, but uh, I think the Saints need the game a little bit more than they do. All right, let's go now. Three questions from Mikey Miss hey, since we're at the end of the week. Questions. This is what we do at the end of the week. Um, all right, Mike. Three questions for Mikey Miss. So uh, this first question, I want you to put your journalism hat on, okay? What is your preference, if you're a journalist and you're covering a game, to speak to players after the game or the coach manager after the game? And for most, I know some games, you know, you have to, one's more, much more important, but generally who do you like to speak to after the game or or hear from after the game, the players or the coach or manager on a pro level? Yes. Oh, definitely players. Definitely players. Unless, unless there is a strategical mistake, then I will go to the coach first, but Pretty much, I would go to a player uh, first preference. Uh, see, now it's all orchestrated, so you can't really go to who you want to go to. So that bring people into an interview room would never used to be like that. So you got to take what you can get at this point. All right. The last two questions are Halloween related. So uh, what is your favorite memory, of Halloween memory of your daughter, Kira? Give me a good one. It doesn't have to be necessarily your favorite. Give me a good Kira Halloween memory. Uh, you know, it's funny because they all blend in. I, I I really don't have a specific memory. She, uh, like I remember costume uh, well, she my, her mother uh, my and my ex-wife was really good at making costumes. And I forget the costume she made one year, but there was a there's a, a big Halloween uh, situation uh, where where I live at, at a local park. And she won first prize uh, as a little tyke for her Halloween costume and she That's was so proud cool. of it. So that, that was, that was my memory uh, of that. Now, my particular memory was, uh, uh, That's my third question. Your childhood Halloween memory. Well, I wasn't a childhood memory. It was an adult memory. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, like sometimes I'm really cynical and this is very inappropriate if you, if I would do it today and I'm kind of a, you know, when I think about it, I'm, I wouldn't do it today. But uh, I, I went to a Halloween party once where. Uh, what you have to do? You know, costumes that are sometimes in bad taste. I know. And, I remember this you, costume. And you laugh. There, and there's two. There's two things. Uh, I went to a Halloween party, and uh, a couple married couple uh, came in uh, as Christopher Reeve and uh, Mar uh, Margot Kidder. <laughs> if you if you remember the actress Margot Kidder, That's Superman. She was Lois Lane. She went berserk. Oh yeah, she lost life. her mind, and 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 was they hiding in a bush or something, <laughs> right? And so yeah. they came in as um, Christopher Reeve in, in a wheelchair, and Margot Kidder wheeling him in with this wild hair, like you know. And I that's a really bad taste. But when you look at it, if you're within the party and you drink and you laugh at it, now you can't do that now because sensitivities yeah. are different. Right. So I picked up on that theme one when, uh, when I went to a, a Halloween party once i'm embarrassed to say this because people are going to think i'm a creep but uh the hemorrhoid no no it was cory lytle it was was, (laughs) cory lytle was a former pitcher for the phillies now there were there were a lot of he wasn't that great of a guy i had heard 
a lot of stories about Corey Lytle, uh, and I, I, you know, I don't want to share them here, but uh, he wasn't the best teammate, let's say. Uh, and so he uh, actually was a amateur pilot or was learning to be, and if you remember, he flew a single engine plane into a building as he was flying over the Hudson River. Do you remember this? I do okay, absolutely so. remember. It was it wasn't far after. It wasn't long after nine eleven, by the way, that, that that happened. Okay, I I know people are going to think I'm a bad guy. All right, so what I did, I went to the Halloween party as Corey Lytle. And what and Yankee what I hat, did was blood I, on your I face. Got, I no, I I I I had a moving box, and I I painted it as an apartment building with the windows. I did it. It was a really crafty job, and I. Uh, I had my head coming out of the top of the box as a Yankee cap. And I, uh, I got a fan blade from a uh, plastic fan blade from a fan that I had. And I stuck it into the box. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and I went to the, I knew nobody would know who, what it is. So I went, <laughs> went to the Halloween party and people were looking at me with this quizzical look. And, and I, and I, I all I said was, they go, who are you? What was that? I go, I'm Corey Lytle. And I don't think anybody <laughs> Faces drop except, except me. And it was in terrible poor taste, and I'm ashamed of myself. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you gave me that opportunity because now I'm confessing. Good. All right. Phil, I got to tell you a quick story about uh, Halloween costumes. So my, you know my, uh, my best friend, Darren, another Darren, who was a producer uh, of, uh, of our, with us, Darren Atley. He and his brother happened to both be, you know, they're not that tall and they have blonde hair. So they, the same year that John Benet Ramsey was found dead was the year that Payne Stewart's airplane, the golfer Payne Stewart, went there, hit the mountain. So one of them went as Payne Stewart. He had the, the, the Jeff hat and the, and the knickers and it blonde. All See, that's over. terrible. I'm gonna tell you why. That's yeah, terrible. I know, and because it was an act, and then his brother went as Jeopardy Ramsey. No, that's terrible. See, that's not even funny because Payne Stewart was beloved. I know. Corey Lytle was. I, Corey Lytle was not. I know. So that's the difference in the two stories. <laughs> All, All right, right uh, let's get ready to close this down here. I just want to say one note. This is another. I'm going to give you a chance for feedback. Uh, last week, I gave you a chance for feedback with the story of Darren using my powder room. I got many responses on that. Most of them were on your side, but I did get a, cu a couple people say that was totally inappropriate. Oh, that right. You could have used another bathroom. Uh, now, so to today's topic for discussion via email, Mike at MikeMiss.com, it happens to be another dating story. A friend of mine in the business uh, called me once and said, what do you think of, uh, because I went out with this girl the other day, uh, what do you think of the fact that she blew her nose in the linen napkin? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and so, so, so this is my question to the people oh. and the feedback I need, because oh. I immediately said that I would be, I would leave the table, <laughs> I would be out, the date would be over. But I know I'm overly judgmental. So if a really good-looking woman, oh. you're having dinner, date, nice restaurant, and she takes the linen napkin at the end and blows her nose on it, what would be your reaction? Do, That's today's discussion. Do I point. know the person that called you? Yeah, I think you. I think you did. And, uh, In any event, let's uh, close it down here for the Mike Masnelli podcast uh, for today. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening and watching the podcast. 
uh, Eagles on Sunday, and we'll be back at it Monday with a fresh reaction podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. It's going to be a nice weekend, and I'm now I'm on one leg. I got a bad knee. I'm going to try to play golf on one leg tomorrow. I'll let you know how that works out. For Darren, I'm Mike Missanelli. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.